Getting it is easy. Giving it is what's difficult. But if you don't give it, in the end, you don't get it. I'm talking here about God's mercy. What else do you talk about on Divine Mercy Sunday? Getting God's mercy, receiving God's mercy, is easy. Just ask Thomas the Apostle. Jesus forgave him for his sin of disbelief the moment he repented and said those famous words, My Lord and my God. Thomas didn't have to beg Jesus. He didn't have to bargain with him. He didn't have to grovel in the dirt before our Lord agreed to show him mercy. All Thomas needed to do was express his repentance in some way, and forgiveness, mercy, all of it was his. This is really the core message of Divine Mercy Sunday, that every sin, no matter how heinous, can be forgiven, that every sinner can be saved, that God's mercy, as today's responsorial psalm reminds us, endures forever. This is also the message St. Faustina gave to the world through her famous diary. There she wrote about the private revelation she received from Jesus about God's mercy in Poland starting in 1931 for a seven-year period of time. And one of those revelations included a vision of Jesus with two rays of light coming out of his heart. Jesus asked her to have a painting done replicating that vision and to have it signed with the words, Jesus, I trust in you. We, of course, have a copy of that painting right here in our church where the tabernacle used to be. But it's not only important to receive mercy like Thomas did, it's also important and necessary to extend mercy to others. And that's the hard part. As I said at the beginning of my homily, getting mercy is easy. Giving it is much more difficult. But in spite of the fact that it's difficult, my brothers and sisters, it's not optional, at least according to Jesus. In fact, if we don't show mercy to others, or at least make the effort to do so in our lives, we will cut ourselves off from the mercy that God wants to give us. As I said at the beginning, if you don't give it, in the end, you don't get it. Jesus said as much to us in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. There, immediately after he gave us the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, If you forgive others, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. Notice, out of all the petitions that we have in the Our Father, Thy kingdom come, give us this day our daily bread, Thy will be done. Out of all those petitions, Jesus went back to and reiterated just one of them, the one about forgiveness. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In other words, forgive me, God, show me mercy, just like I show mercy and forgive others. It's obviously extremely important. Of course, it's also important for us to remember in this context that Practicing forgiveness and mercy does not mean that we should totally ignore with justice and dispense with justice. 
Some people think justice and mercy are mutually exclusive categories. They are not. They overlap. In fact, sometimes dispensing with justice, ignoring justice, is the most unmerciful thing we can do for another person and for the people in that person's life. I came across a great example of this just the other day on the website of the Washington Post. Maybe some of you saw that this. There was an article there about a 20-year-old man from Texas named Eric Couch. Maybe some of you know the story. On June 13, 2013, when he was 16 years of age, Eric Couch killed four people just outside of Fort Worth, Texas, when he plowed his father's pickup truck into a group of men and women on the side of the road who were trying to help a stranded motorist there. He seriously injured some others who were present, one of whom is now paralyzed and is able to communicate only by blinking his eyes. Oh, and did I mention the fact that Couch was drunk at the time? His lawyers, in mounting his defense, claimed he was suffering from something they call affluenza. Supposedly, that's a condition which made him incapable of telling right from wrong because of his parents' wealth, because of his family's affluence. I kid you not. The judge's sentence for this young man? Probation. A probation which Couch violated two years later by drinking and then fleeing the country with his mother. The two fled after a video appeared online of Couch consuming alcohol, which was, of course, in violation of his probation. Thankfully, he was eventually caught down in Mexico, was taken back to the United States, and sentenced to two years in prison. Or as the Washington Post article put it, 180 days for each of the four people he killed in 2013. He was released just a couple of days ago. That's why the article was in the Post. Only two years in prison for consuming alcohol as a minor, killing four people while driving recklessly and intoxicated, violating parole, fleeing the country illegally, and causing an international incident. There are some people who would call that mercy. Personally, I'd call it stupidity. In this case, judicial stupidity. Letting this young man off so easily and not giving him the opportunity and the time to work on his addiction and his other personal issues was not merciful. Not at all. It would have been merciful and it would have been just back in June of 2013 if they had said to Couch, you know what, young man? We'll give you the opportunity to change your life for the better since you're a minor. But in your present condition, you're a danger to yourself and you're a danger to everybody else in society. Consequently, we need to remove you from society for an extended period of time so that you can deal with your demons and give us a valid reason to allow you to return to a normal way of life. If not, you're going to have to remain incarcerated. That would have been the most merciful thing they could have done for this troubled young man and for the people in his life. It also would have been justice. It's a beautiful prayer 
It was written by, by St. Faustina. If you have the Magnificat, it's in today's Magnificat prayers. It has this line in it. Help me, O Lord, that my ears may be merciful, so that I give heed to my neighbor's needs and not be indifferent to their pains and moanings. Sometimes, my brothers and sisters, our neighbors need our mercy in the form of compassion and patience and understanding. But there are other times when our neighbors need our mercy in the form of tough love. Eric Couch has needed the latter since 2013. I hope and I pray sincerely that he finally eventually receives it. For his own sake, and for the sake of everybody else who shares the highway with him in the future. <laughs>